When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today on this uh, somewhat busy Friday, shall we say, uh, back in the Echo HQ in Liverpool, by the way, that's where they're based. Um, it is Theo Squires, our Liverpool writer. Hello, Theo. Hello, Doyle. I'm How are sure you? Uh, oh, I was about to say, I'm sure you're as fine as you were a few hours ago at uh, Jurgen Klopp's press conference. Yeah, nothing's happened since then. Uh, and also, <laughs> we've got Tom Cavilla. Hi, Tom. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, I'm enjoying your very stripy top for those people who are just uh, listening to the <laughs> podcast, not watching the video. Tom resplendent in uh, yet more age appropriate clothing, shall we say. Right, we'll start then with <laughs> the news that uh, Liverpool have, well, You've all heard it, basically, or read about it, or seen it. Liverpool have made a last-minute bid to sign Moises Casado. They are presently the only club to have had a bid accepted by Brighton for the uh, the Ecuador central midfielder. Um, Theo, I'll start with you. Uh, obviously, um, we were just talking about it just before we came on, saying it's a saga that could go on forever, but the reality is it's only just started, hasn't it? And the fact that Brighton had set were led to believe a... Thursday midnight, basically last night, cut-off point for any bids. Liverpool had the highest bid. They bid 110 million or around about 110 million. Chelsea bid 100. So at present, Liverpool are in the box seat or is it quite as simple as that, Theo? If only it was as simple as that, Doyle. It's a saga that has dragged on and on and on on a a Caicedo point of view in terms of in January, Arsenal had however many bids rejected. Chelsea was sniffing around. Uh, He's put out his little statement, didn't he? Having a little tantrum going, let me go. And they didn't. It looked like he was Guna through and through. And then that doesn't happen. Chelsea have been sniffing around him for months. And you think, oh, Chelsea are the front runners, but they keep getting bids rejected. And then Liverpool come out of almost nowhere and put this bid in. I think any Liverpool fan, any Liverpool journalist, when you're watching them saying which holding midfielder should they sign, we'd all say Moises Caicedo. That is the one they need to complete the midfield revamp to get them back into as strong a position as possible. Uh, you put the bid in, it's accepted, this deadline, and you think, oh, great, routine now. Jurgen Klopp can get in his ear. We can go for it. He can get this medical through, and Liverpool got their holding midfielder. And he, he won't play against Chelsea. Even if he's a Chelsea player, he won't play against Liverpool. That's not going to happen. But for the second game of the season, he can go. But then all the reports at lunchtime where he either wants to join Chelsea or he wants to give them a chance to put uh, this final bid in, it's all just so much up in the air, and there'll be so many more twists and turns, the same as there were yesterday when we're thinking, when the first report of Olufko's bid comes in, it's like, have they? Can they really bid £100 million for a player? Now, I know you put the report out saying it's just contact at the moment, it's just due diligence, and then the bid comes later in the day. But, yeah, I suppose it's a, a fitting roller coaster ride, considering this is a saga that has gone on and on for Caicedo, and hopefully it will have a happy resolution. But if it's a betting man at the moment, you, you do feel like he is leaning towards Chelsea. Well, from Chelsea's point of view, you're putting all the groundwork for, for weeks and weeks and weeks to try and sign him. <clears throat> I think the last bid that they had, was it 80 million? They had certainly had an 80 million pound bid rejected last month. I think I read somewhere that they perhaps went up to 90 this week and then that's what 
prompted Brighton to go, well, come on, Brighton, we need to get this sorted. Obviously, the start of the season for them, are they playing tomorrow? I can't remember. I know Liverpool and Chelsea are obviously playing on Sunday, but certainly Brighton are playing at the oh, weekend. It's interesting that uh, Robert Zerbe, the, the manager, did a press conference, didn't he, today? And he said, look, not in a disrespectful way, but he said, I've already forgotten about Moises because he has to. It just has to carry on regardless. So as far as he's concerned, the player's gone. And we know that he's been uh, in London uh, for the last, certainly for the most part of this week, waiting for his future to be resolved because he obviously would have known about this deadline that came about Thursday. And from his point of view, from Casado, Casado, Casido, what are we saying? Depends if we decide him or not. Then we'll decide if we need to pronounce it correctly. Yeah, the Brighton guy. He um, he's he obviously wants his future sorted as well because he wants to crack on with playing. And you're right to say he's, he's obviously flirted quite a lot with uh, with teams over the the, the past six to twelve months. I think Manchester United and Arsenal, uh, two other two clubs have been linked with him. Just to say Chelsea, the most prominent Liverpool had a look in January, and I think from their point of view, they believe it was always unobtainable because of the amount of money that it costs. And obviously, we're now going to get people go, how can Liverpool bid 110, 111 million pounds for Casado? And then only a couple of months ago, they were walking away from Bellingham. And he's ended up moving to Real Madrid for 115 million. But of course, the big thing is Saudi Arabia, isn't it? Liverpool didn't really need a defensive midfielder. Then not only did the Saudi Pro League side, Jordan Henderson and Fabinho, they gave them more than 50 million pounds for the per, which is money that Liverpool absolutely did not expect to get for those, even if they'd have sold them to anybody at that time of the year. And so they've got a little bit more money. And you have to assume that that's the amount of, you know, that's the transfer funds that they've got. If they were going to go in all for, for Casado, that would be it. They wouldn't be able to sign anybody else this summer, you would think, unless they end up selling somebody else. And uh, at the moment, that doesn't seem particularly likely because there doesn't seem to be much. You know, the fact that they can trim off the squad, Nat Phillips maybe, but he's not going to be, uh, he's not going to get, you know, they're not going to get a lot of money for him, are they? Now he's not, he's not even been involved at all over over the summer. So going back to Casado, the, as, as, we are recording this, which is at what time is it? 2.42 on Friday. Um, Friday, August 11th for the Pennants, 2023. Um, <laughs> Liverpool are still the only team that's had a bit accepted for uh, Casado. Chelsea, as Theo mentioned just then, they are... Um, from what the reports come out of Ecuador, which there's no reason to, to disbelieve them, are saying that they're waiting to see Casado's representative, he's told his representatives to invite Chelsea to make another bid. Now, whether or not Chelsea can afford that with all the, uh, you know, they spent so much money over the past 12, 15 months, is that surely there comes a point where financial fair play, the rules kick in and they go, well, can we actually afford this? Or even just Chelsea, their actual money? Surely they must have a business plan and they know quite well they're not, they can't possibly be recouping all of this. So I do think the fact that Chelsea didn't want to go beyond 80, possibly 90 million, and now they've gone after go to at least 110 for this player suggests that they've got a bit of thinking to do. Although they could quickly just sell 31 loan players to Saudi Arabia, I suspect. Okay. You know, they could, could easily do that to raise the funds. But uh, but anyway, but, but, but going back to you, Theo, you, you're right to say that Chelsea are in the box seat because they are being invited to come back and, and make another bid. But Liverpool aren't going to be you know spooked or pressured into withdrawing their bid because ultimately that's what Chelsea would quite like to do. You'd imagine that they're putting pressure or leaking stories or whoever to whoever to say, I only want to come to Chelsea. I only want to come to Chelsea. So Liverpool, you just may as well withdraw your bid because it doesn't really work like that, does it? 
no, Liverpool have done everything they need to do. They've put in the highest bid. It's been accepted by Brighton, isn't it? The word from the Brighton camp is, as far as they're concerned, it's done. They don't need to do anything else. Chelsea are the ones who have to come in and change everything. So Liverpool, they need to hold talks. They need to agree terms with Caicedo. And that, that's difficult if he is waiting for Chelsea to put another offer in. But at least they are in that position of certainty. They know they've got their, those funds to a side. They know a deal is agreed in terms of the club. And they can hopefully help hold talks with him and persuade him, actually, you want to come to Anfield, you want to play with Alexis McAllister again. Chelsea can change that. We'll wait to see if they can afford to put in a, another bid for all the reasons you've just said. But you have to go with what's actually on the table. Like Brighton would presumably prefer to sell to Liverpool, seeing as Chelsea have messed them over with Caicedo all summer long. They've had debates about Levi Caldwell all summer long. Uh, Cucurella, that was a bit of a debacle last year. Potter went there. I'm sure I'm missing someone, but they've basically taken all these people from Brighton and Brighton still had a better season than them. They've still gone into Europa League and that was something Deserbi had a little dig at wasn't it, today in his press conference as well. So, you, And they've also got the good relationship with Liverpool in terms of how easily the McAllister deal was done. Like, granted, that was a release clause. It doesn't really need much negotiations there, but it was done so soon after the end of last season. Everyone was happy with the terms and part of that. There is that good relationship there with Milana, James Milner. Now, on paper, Liverpool-Brighton get this deal done. Everyone's happy apart from Chelsea. It's only when you consider player power or agent power, this maybe will come out uh, later on, depending how much of a say the representatives have here. We'll see. Uh, it's going to be big questions if Liverpool do miss out. It's like, wh where do you go next? Uh, as you mentioned with Jude Bellingham. Do you feel Liverpool should get any blame if they miss out? Because as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's a very opportunist move which is in some ways quite Liverpool-esque if you look at what they've done with in the past with Diaz and with Gakpo to a lesser extent Oxlade-Chamberlain back in 2017 but if Liverpool do everything that they can do as in putting this bid you know sell themselves to the player they can't really do much more can they and also they're addressing a problem position that most of the fans would have picked, as you mentioned before, would have picked Casado as, as the one that they probably wanted to, to bring in. Admittedly, not £110 million. Pounds. I don't think anyone was expecting that. But as we've seen over the past two or three months, you know, Romeo Lavia, if he's worth £50 million, Southampton to say, and then probably Casado is worth at least that. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, you can't really fault Liverpool at all in terms of what's happening now. As you said, with the, the Saudi money, that has come into the club. They didn't expect to have that in. They didn't expect to have this need for a holding midfielder. So they can move for Caicedo. When they were talking about midfield revamps earlier in the summer, I think it was you or Gorsty that asked the question. It's like, we like him, but it's just not going to be feasible at this time. So it's becoming to play. And Liverpool have always been this opportunistic club where if a player is there for the taking, they will make the move. But then there have been the talks all summer long that he wants to go to Chelsea. And when you hear that enough, you do think that's just leading to it. It's not going to be any swaying here. But when Chelsea drag it out for so long, still no bids accepted, Liverpool have gone, hang on, there's an opportunity here. If we put in a bid, they're going to have to consider something. Does Caicedo want his future resolved before the start of the season and he'll just take another offer, knowing he's actually going to be playing in Europe? He's got just a good chance to win the Premier League, Champions League in future years, the domestic cups. Or is he going to stick to his guns, stick to Chelsea? Wait and see. Like You look at the player's profile himself. He's a 21-year-old. So when he's a boy growing up in Ecuador, watching the Premier League, 
Chelsea were in a much better condition than Liverpool. Like they were champions of Europe in 2012 when he'd been, what, nine, ten years old. That maybe sways him a little bit. But, but that was the same token. He's been over. He's been over here, and he'll have seen. And, and, and in his more formative years, he'll have seen Liverpool being winning the Champions League, winning the league. I know Chelsea won the Champions League in 2021, but there wasn't anyone there to watch that. Basically, <laughs> um, do we count? Do we count that one? I don't. There's all these things we can debate that comes into it. It's like, do you want to play for Jurgen Klopp or Pochettino? Do you want to play with your mate McAllister or these other South Americans at Chelsea? Do you want to be in the Europa League this year or be part of that team that's trying to get back up the table? They don't have the distractions can go stronger in the league. We can all say what we'd do in this situation. And um, if you, a club A offers you this amount and club B offers you this amount, which one you'd accept? But it comes down to him and his representatives. And until something a bit more definitive comes out from them, whether Chelsea put out this final offer or not, that's only when we're going to have our answer. I'm sure there are many people watching this who, let's be honest, most of Liverpool fans, if it's a choice between Liverpool and Chelsea, they choose Liverpool. If it's a choice between Klopp and Pochettino, they choose Klopp. If it's a choice between Anfield and Stanford Bridge, they choose Anfield. But that doesn't mean it is for everyone else on the planet. Anyone who's a, an Ecuador footballer coming through who's going to have this 110 million bid put in, um, yeah, he'll get a heated reception on a Sunday either way, won't he, if he makes an appearance at Stanford Bridge? Well, I was thinking that myself. I think, I think if he's answered Liverpool, he won't be going. I suspect no. <laughs> he'll just be staying at home or I had to get my house sorted or something like that. He'll come up with some reason. Um, but yeah, Tom, so Theo just asked the question then. You are Moises Casado. You are in this position whereby the team that's been after you all summer won't meet the asking price. Then when they finally get a chance to do it, they get outbid by somebody else who wants you that much that they're going to spend their club record way beyond their club record for you. And it's a team who, in the past, you know have been interested in you. And a, and a team who... Has he, he has spoken on Liverpool, has he? Has he spoken on Liverpool? I can't remember. But uh, I would imagine he's obviously, as for reasons we've just made, explained, he knows who Jürgen Klopp is and he knows that's what to expect from that. So what would you do? Well, <laughs> I think... If you're looking you, at, sorry, sorry. Gary, what was, sorry, that's okay. What would you do? I think, go on, you were saying, I think, I think he can you understand that? I'll rephrase the question. Can you understand why he's probably a little bit confused at the moment that there is this club that's been after him all this time? And even now, when someone else has come in and made a big bid, they don't appear to be, you know, pushing out the boat to try and get him. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like he's been set on moving to Chelsea I guess from his side of things that he's probably heard in the last few months that Chelsea were the team you know sort of leading the way for him um you know coming into the summer window so he's probably been thinking towards the back end of last season well I'll be off to Chelsea this summer that's that's probably all going to get sorted and obviously in football things don't always work out as they uh are supposed to in this case Chelsea will obviously be feeling like that at the moment so yeah, I imagine it's taken him by surprise a little bit because I don't think many people expected Liverpool to come out with such a large bid, as you mentioned earlier. So, yeah, I mean, it comes down to a lot of things, I think, with this sort of thing. A lot of the time it can just be things, you know, like the the player's family, you know, where they prefer to live. I think we've seen it with other players Liverpool targeted in the past. Sanchez, Sanchez yeah in terms of wanting to be in London, you know, a lot of the times it can be the player's family kind of dictating things like that that you don't really wouldn't think about necessarily. Um, obviously, Liverpool have lost out to Chelsea or other players. William, another one, 
you know, at one point it looked like he was going to Liverpool and then obviously Chelsea came in and got that one. So I think with all these, these are players where Liverpool were in a weaker position yeah. than Chelsea when they hadn't won the Premier League, when they hadn't won the Champions League, when they weren't even in the Champions League. And I know they're not in it now, but they signed Caicedo. I think we can say with confidence they're going to be in the top four this season. They could potentially push again for the title. They're in a much stronger position to push on with that right player than Chelsea yeah. would be. It's a completely different situation to what it was then. But yeah, things come into it, don't they? Yeah. So, he, so Tom, Tom, have you actually answered the question? <laughs> well, well, my, point, my point is, something as simple as living in London can be seen as a huge attraction to not necessarily the player, but their family, kids. So it may be something as simple as that, not necessarily wages, which obviously will come into it as well. But I think, you know, it might not just be Casado who's making the decision. It's going to be, you know, a collective choice on, on where he goes. And, you know, Pochettino may even be a factor in it. Obviously, would be able to speak to him Spanish. That might be a close connection uh, there, potentially. Do you, do you speak Spanish, Tom? <laughs> so, uh, a little bit, but not yeah, enough. You to be, you, you, it's okay. We could get you down to Anfield or, or, or Kirby, and you can interpret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, that's what I mean. It could just be anything. You know, one of those factors that's you know at play. So we don't. We will never know the full, you know, reasons behind his choice, but. Um, we'll find out in there is he's probably going to come out if he joins Chelsea and say he grew up idolizing Kante, <laughs> isn't he? Wow. Like a player yeah, who's they all, they all do that these days, yeah. It's in his position, he's played for that club, it's his dream move. <laughs> these are other things to consider. And we're in this generation of players now where they're that much younger from the, the retro. Oh, I want to go to United because they've won everything, or Arsenal because of Vieira, or Henri Perez, even Liverpool with their legacy. Chelsea are now just one of those sides, same as City will be in 10 years' time. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Also, they've got an owner who spends sixteen trillion pounds on every <laughs> player in the, in the in the in the world, and offers them a forty-one year contract, which <laughs> obviously Liverpool can't. But uh, there obviously comes a point, as I said before, where Chelsea can't just use limitless funds forever. So I, I do wonder whether they've they've kind of made a decision. Well, hang on, and they uh, they're going to try and force Liverpool to withdraw, but. Uh, one thing, Theo, is obviously there's a there's probably there's some guy down in Southampton, some 19-year-old who's going, what the hell's going on here? Right? <laughs> because because it was only like a couple of days ago that Liverpool were edging towards signing Romeo Lavia. Um, and then Chelsea put in a bid, and then suddenly Liverpool are bidding for Casado, and, 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 and the whole thing's turned, turned on its head. Now, it may well be that Casado goes to Chelsea, then Liverpool have to go back to Lavia. Do you think as though do you feel as though Liverpool have shown their hand by saying, look, we've got 150, 110, sorry, million pounds to spend on players? Or do you think that kind of underlines the fact that they had the money there all along? It was never about how much money they had available to sign Lavia. It's just that they didn't think he's worth fifty million pounds at this particular moment in time. And in some ways that could strengthen their hand in going back for him. Yeah, I'd say it's the second one. Like, you just need to look at the reaction for Liverpool in negotiations with Lavia. Everyone gets a bit desperate, saying Liverpool need a holding midfielder. Fine, but if he's the one you want, go for him, go for him. But there was still that he's so inexperienced. He's only 19, it's a lot of money. But as soon as the links come out with Caicedo, everyone's tripping over themselves, going, that's the perfect one, that's the one they want. That's the 50 million difference there. I know he's only had, what, an 18 months, a year more experience in the Premier League. That he's that much further along in his path that he's ready. Uh, Lavia could be that player in a year's time, 18 months' time, but that's still a gamble. 
it would have been okay if you'd had Fabinho for another year because you've got the two options there. But Liverpool now need the ready article now to go straight into that midfield to be starting linchpin, holding the midfielder. You're probably going to play every game. Just put us back on a position of strength. And you certainly feel a lot more comfortable with Caicedo in that role than Lavia. Um, from his point of view, he, he must be confused as well because at one minute he, he's got his heart set on going to Liverpool and Chelsea put in this improved bid. You're thinking of Chelsea, well, Chelsea putting this bid. Why aren't Liverpool putting in another improved bid? Why are Liverpool dragging it out so long? Like all the arguments we've just said, what Caicedo must be thinking that Chelsea have been going for him so long and still haven't got a, an accepted offer in. It can be the same for Liverpool with uh, Lavia. It will feel a bit of a come down if they have to go back to Lavia. And then Southampton will probably put the price up, won't they? Because you know the money is there. But from a Liverpool point Liverpool, of view, Liverpool, Liverpool will just say no and walk away because they'll also know yeah. that Chelsea aren't going to sign him. It's more um, complex, isn't it? Because like Liverpool are well documented to be the data nerds, aren't they? They've got all their little spreadsheets of what a player means to them, what the valuation means to them. Just because Caicedo is worth 100 million, Bellingham would have been worth 100 million. It doesn't mean that 100 million, if they don't get them, is just lying in a bank vault ready to go on someone else. It's got to be the right deal for what they offer. He's still lovely as a 19-year-old who hasn't played anywhere near enough games to demand that excessive fee. He's only played once for Belgium. He's not played at World Cups or anything like this. He's certainly in a different stage of his career. Like, say... Real Madrid go for Kylian Mbappe, so Real Madrid need to sell Aurelien Schuermeni. Liverpool could go and then put 110 million on Schuermeni. You think that makes sense? But it's not a case of oh, we've got all this money now, we'll just throw it at Lavia instead. They will stick to their guns on the asking price. Maybe they will edge up a bit more to 50. But when Chelsea have had was at 48 rejected now, there isn't really much difference to go there. And if Southampton up the price again, as you say, it's like well, it's just not worth it. It's like how desperate are you? You've clearly shown by going for Caicedo that you've got other targets under consideration. It's not Lavia or nothing. He's not like the last throw of the dice. It'll just be who else is available, what is the value there, and if he is the best option left standing. But Liverpool at the moment will obviously hope they can still get Caicedo to come to them. I mean, Tom, obviously part of the complication as well with the Lavia stuff is uh, Stefan Basetic. Um, obviously, Liverpool gave him his first team breakthrough last season, he did particularly well. And the thing is that if he'd been fit at the moment, that was a big if, but if he'd been fit, there wouldn't be this massive worry about going into the season. People would have been quite happy. Well, we haven't got the defensive midfielder yet, but we know he can do it for a couple of games. Like they play Newcastle in a couple of weeks and he played up at Newcastle and had one of his best games for Liverpool there. So he's already done it and he's proven it, but he's not there. And bringing in Lavia to be a short-term fix straight away, is he? He's only one year older. He's probably got. A little, he has got a little bit more experience. But the Liverpool believe that he's like fifty million pound better than Pesetic. I don't. I don't think they do. And I think they would rather have someone like Casado in, who's as Theo said, has got more experience, knows the Premier League, played you know international football, top class player, can also play right back by the way. So that that would help Liverpool in some ways. So he's a bit more versatile. Well, exactly, exactly, yeah. And he can he can offer some variations about the formation. I know me and Theo spoke about they could go back to 4-3-3 if they sign Casado or still stick with the uh, the box midfield that they're doing and they'd have a bit more security there than they have, certainly during the summer games. But uh, what was the question? I thought I completely forgotten. What was that? Bersetic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. So Bersetic, yeah. Do you think Liverpool are very, very worried to go massive on Lavia because of that? 
because they already have someone who they think can get up to his level inside the next 12 months. Potentially, yeah. I mean, he was he was good last season, wasn't he, for Liverpool? You know, there was <clears throat> the times he did play for the team, he really impressed and caught the eye. But just unfortunate with that injury he got, which obviously kept them out for the back end of the season. Um, you know, he'll be coming back in this year to prove a point. He'll want to try and get back in the team. But in terms of whether he Lavi would be coming in as a sort of replacement for for Besetic, I think Liverpool is more just about getting the numbers in really in that position because what happened last year obviously was relying on the likes of Besetic and Elliot to perform every week because there just wasn't the options available in midfield due to the injuries. And you know, if Lavia wasn't to come in and you're relying again on Elliot Pesetic as your main kind of options in midfield, you're then running the risk of that happening again this season, you know, and not having many other options in that area. The only other point would be, I guess, that you might look for someone a little bit older because signing someone the same age or one year older as Pesetic, like you said, kind of defeats the point of having more senior players around, <clears throat> which seems to be you know, what the purpose is, trying to replace the the loss of Henderson, Fabinho, Milner, those experienced players. So, yeah, you could you could argue that Lavia, it doesn't make sense in that respect that, you know, you're just signing another young player that only adds to that young profile you already have. So, uh, I would have thought Liverpool would have sort of targeted someone slightly older in that position with a bit more experience, maybe, you know, similar age to McAllister. Um, because Sobotsai is quite a young player as well. So, you know, I think Liverpool need to be a bit careful in terms of, you know, not having too much of one or the other. You know, we've previously had too much of uh, the opposite end of the scale with sort of an ageing midfield. And now it looks like it's gone the other way in the fact that Liverpool have got a very youthful team now. So, yeah, that, that's something maybe to consider for Liverpool. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I will say with Bessetic, if it wasn't for the injury, you'd just assumed he'd have played most of the games, if not all of them, towards the end of last season. And if he had, his numbers in terms of appearances overall would only be a few less than Lavia. So that shows the stage he is in his career compared to him. Like He will be ahead of Lavia in 12 months' time for what Lavia is as a 19-year-old now. You'd expect... <laughs> that's a, that's, a, that's a, a typical Theo claim, though. We'll come back to that. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> Prediction. Speaking of predictions, season starts. Season starts tonight, doesn't it? Who is it? Burnley, Man City, isn't it? Yeah, Burnley. Burnley, yeah. That Burnley, yeah. So your favourite place in the world, Turf Moor? Yeah, well, you don't get pies, so I'll say they have pies and they have curry whenever I go. It is, however, very cold whenever I go, which is quite often, to be fair. Anyway, so predictions. Season started. I know that on the uh, look on the Echo website, we've all had a go at trying to guess what's going on over the uh, next 10, 11 months in the Premier League. I uh, won't go through them all, but what I will start with, and I'll start with Tom, where do you think Liverpool are going to finish? Bearing in mind, let's just assume that they don't... <laughs> let's just forget who they sign. They just sign a defensive midfielder, because they're clearly going to now. So they just sign a defensive midfielder. So where do you think they're going to finish? I've put them third in the league this season, and... I posted it earlier and I said, even if they do kick Caicedo, I'd still probably keep it as third. I just think that Man City and Arsenal are slightly further ahead at this moment in time than Liverpool. I think they've still got a bit more catching up to do, sort of make up that ground. City, obviously, are the 
you know the outright favourites for the title again, as you'd expect. And I think Arsenal's transfer window has been quite impressive. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about you know would they be able to go again this season? And I think the players they brought in, you know, you'd expect them to be up there again with you know the players they brought in. I think Timber's a really good signing. Havertz not convinced he's going to be amazing, but it gives him another option up front. Um, and obviously Rice is the big one for them in midfield. So, yeah, as much as I, you know, as much as the fans would want to see Liverpool, you know, pushing for the title, I just think they might be slightly short this season. And I think uh, I put Arsenal to win the league, City second, and I think United in fourth. But I think Liverpool may just be eight or ten points off it this year. Arsenal to win the league there from top. Yeah. He's trying to get he's trying to get the hybrid squad back on time <laughs> from after I absolutely destroyed them last last March, wasn't it? Theo, what are you what are you going for, Theo? Uh I'm going for a, a cautious fourth at the moment. Like you and me were at Deepdell the other night and the same defensive issues are in this Liverpool team at the moment. And the formation's not quite clicking. It's very easy to get in behind them. So this year, as it stands, they'll score a lot of goals, but they'll concede a lot of goals as well. Uh, the right number six could change everything. Like if you get Caicedo, you hope it can have a similar effect to when they got Van Dijk or when Chelsea and Leicester both got Kante. Like that sort of midfielder gets you in the title conversation again. Without him, say they go Lavia or anyone else, you expect it to be more battling for a top four finish. I, uh, full disclosure, I think in last season I came on this podcast and said Liverpool would win nothing and everyone absolutely slaughtered me, but I was correct. <laughs> so I don't take any great joy over that. And uh, I've actually, I was on LFC TV the other day and uh, reiterated the point that I made, um, well, I initially made the point that I've reiterated uh, this morning. I think they'll finish fifth at the moment, the way things are going. I think City will win the league by miles. I think United, if United aren't in a title challenge, the amount of money they spent over the past 12 months, I think Ten Hag should probably be sacked. Uh, and then you're looking after that. I think Arsenal will be distracted by trying to do well in the Champions League. And I can't I'll remember. Get more this year, too, Arsenal. Yeah. And I can't remember who I said fourth. Chelsea, probably, actually. I probably said Chelsea, to be fair, because Pochettino is a good manager and they have bought half of Europe. Uh, <laughs> so, speaking of Chelsea, Liverpool will be there on Sunday. Me and Theo are going to be there. Having delightful press box food, I hope. Let's hope that's not changed. That's the only thing we we we, we rate these grounds on Wi-Fi and food, basically. Not bother about anything else. Um, we ate it deep, though, weren't we? Yeah, <laughs> we didn't get any food. What's going on? To be fair, it was a friendly, so didn't mind that. And there was a Mackey's nearby, so I was quite happy after the end. Although, have you seen like, double cheeseburgers these days? They're like little tiny things. Wasn't like that when I was growing up. I'm telling you. Anyway, so um, we're going to do our team selector. It's back. Yay, team selector. Right, so we will start with in goal. Are we all saying Alisson? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, are we saying a four-three-three or are we saying three box midfield? Oh, we, actually, you know what? Regardless of that, they're going to line up four-three-three to start with. So we're going to yeah. say four-three-three. You can then say whether or not they're going to do that particular formation or not. Change. So Tom, I'll start with you. What's your defence? Well, I was just about to say I've been so distracted with this Caicedo transfer tour. I've, the game, the actual game itself, is completely kind of in a background. Kind well, of you've topic just bought yourself twenty seconds there with that. So <laughs> come on, <laughs> I've not even thought about the lineup to be honest. All right, uh, okay. Well, sorry, Tom. Tom, we'll go to Theo. Theo, go on. Um, 
it's going to be the, the first choice, isn't it? Trent at Trent back, which I've got to give credit to some idiot on the internet, as he, he told me to reference him when he put that in my mentions a few weeks ago. You told, he told you to mention you reference him as some idiot on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, Canate, Van Dijk and Robertson. There isn't really anyone else you can put in there. I, personally, I'd feel more comfortable with Trent in midfield at the moment and Joe Gomez at right back. But then you've got the more complications of Robertson hasn't done the inverted role on the other side and all this. So from what we've seen in pre-season, I reckon that'll be the back four. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, I think that'll be the back four. I think the only other call that I might have made earlier in the week was putting Gomez at right back and putting Trent in the midfield. But... Having thought about it, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Tom, come on, we've given you enough time now. Mm-hmm. For defence or midfield now? Defence, please. Um, yeah, I think I'm probably going to go along with that. Robertson, Trent, um, Kanate and Van Dijk. And what about the midfield? Well, this is going to be the interesting one, I think, because, well, there's not going to be a is new it, midfield. Is it? Come on, you've, you've given it the build-up now, come on. <laughs> no, can I say you in the midfield? Um, no, I think we're going to probably see McAllister starting, um, you know, Premier League debut for Liverpool for him. Curtis Jones, you might imagine, might be starting as well this game. You know, he's done done relatively well in pre-season. Obviously, the last game, the last couple of games didn't go necessarily to plan for him in the number six role. But you know, Liverpool don't really have too many options at the moment. Um, so he may well start and then be tempted to... To throw Thiago in, been back in training. That's a big Thiago, that's a big shout. He's only just started walking, well, hasn't he? I know, I know, but I can tell you've not had a dodgy hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back in training. He's still, uh, still a young there. He's only young. He'll be, he'll be raring to go after that injury he's had. So I'd like to see him from the start. We may see him from the bench as we did a couple three three years ago when he made his debut there. I'd be surprised if he was even on the bench. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just going to go with Curtis Jones in the number six, McAllister to his right, and Soboslai to his left. Don't spend £60 million on a on a central midfield and they're not playing at the first available opportunity. Theo, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going along with you. I, I'd rather see McAllister as the six and Jones as the eight, but as that's not something we've seen in pre-season, I doubt it's the chance for them to experiment with it now. If they had the holding midfielder, uh, Sabosai would for me would be on the bench just because you could then bed him in a little bit easier You'd go with McAllister because he's Premier League proven. But when they've got so few options at the moment, because you're not going to risk Tiago, you're not going to risk risk the Thomas. 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 Yeah, but Jurgen Klopp, you'd imagine, won't be risking them. So it's between those three and Harvey Elliott. So you go for the three we've actually seen as a trio and hope they defend a little bit better than they did against uh, Bayern Munich, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you feel as though there might be, I mean, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but there could be a curveball where he does something like play Simicast in the number six or something because he's been playing. Oh, Matic. Matic. You love the Matic thing. I don't. I think Matic, that moment's passed now. I don't think it's yeah, that was like when he actually did it. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Simicast should be playing there, but, you know, stranger things have happened, let's be honest. So the forward line, this is the more interesting one because, I know Ben Doak's done really well, but I don't think he can be considered for a start just yet. So you've got five into three, or rather four into two, because, sorry, two into four. Is it? No, four into two, that's right. Uh, because you've got Salah. I've got an A-level match, you can never <laughs> guess that. Uh, you've got Salah's got to start on the right, isn't he? Just nodding agreement, yeah. And um, 
So then you've got the left wing and the centre forwards. Tom, I'll start with you. Which two do you think deserves to be starting at Stamford Bridge? I would go for Luis Diaz on the left and Cody Gakpo up front. I think, you know, you, there's the option obviously to play Gakpo midfield as well and then have someone else leading the line. But I just think Gakpo is the one you can't really leave out, you know, based on how he ended last season and how he's been playing pre-season. So it's harsh on Nunez and Jota, obviously, he's a great player as well. But I just think you can't really leave Gakpo out. I think he's going to have a really good season. I think he should be starting most games. What do we say, Theo? Probably go along with the same, to be fair. I think the fact that Nunez didn't start against Darmstadt means he's going to be on the bench for this one. And even though they had a poor season last year, Stamford Bridge, Chelsea, it's still an intimidating place. You go for that more defensively minded, hardworking forward in Cody Gakpo. It's a toss up between Diaz and Jota. But Diaz is the more natural winger. He's had a good preseason. Looks explosive, looking to make up for lost time. I know Jota is as well. He's got a lot of goals in pre-season, but you prefer that natural, natural winger. I'm just getting flashbacks to pretty much both domestic cup finals a couple of years ago, where he was definitely man of the match in at least one. But he was given Shalabar all Enzo problems, wasn't he? Can't even remember who else was in the defence, just he absolutely tormented Shalabar. But um, yeah, Diaz had a few good games against Chelsea in the past, so fingers crossed for a repeat. I think I'll go with Gakpo down the middle. I'll start with Jota on the left, purely picking those two because of their defensive capabilities, because I think Liverpool are going to need them. Uh, the last four games between these two teams have finished goalless, and the last two were absolutely terrible, especially the last one at Stamford Bridge, which was absolutely appalling. Um, however, you know, I'm going to be cards on the table here. I don't think it's going to finish 0-0. Neither side is a defensive no. midfielder. So how do we see this one going, Tom? For just a score, just a score, or do you think to score? 2-1 to Liverpool. Ooh. Theo? I was going to give it some reasoning rather than just the score. <laughs> he said just the score. No, just the score. Come on, the score. We've got a, busy, got a busy day today. Come on. Uh, let's go 2 all or something mad like that. I'm dreading this one. I think it's going to be 2 all as well, actually. The old, old school 2 all like it used to be in the old days. Right. That should do us. Uh, thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Blood Rub podcast. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Um, just before we go, just want to say, Theo, where can we find you on social media? Theo Squires Echo. There you go. Yeah, but obviously there's people who are listening to it, so they can't listen to it, so they can't see that written on the screen. Uh, Tom? Uh, mine is at Tom Cavilla. How, do, how are we spelling that, Tom? C-A-V-I-L-L-A. I love, the fact, yeah, I love <laughs> the fact that you sounded a little bit unsure about how to spell your own name there. <laughs> and I'm at Ian Doyle Sport, as yeah, you always keep reminding about that. Anyway, so uh, that'll be do us, and we will see you soon. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.